Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. We hope you're having a beautiful start to your week. We're going to be discussing the language of spirit today and how our guides, loved ones, angels, and ancestors in heaven are trying to reach out to help us. I think that's really important always to be able to recognize when spirit is talking to you. But you know, Denise, as we were talking before we hit record, right now the energy seems a little, I don't know, kind of all over the place. And so I think it's really, really important right now in this time in our life as well and what's going on in the world to really start to recognize that there is so much help out there for us. Right. And I think We've done shows similar to this in the past, but it's always good to revisit. It's good to revisit. Is this a sign? Am I making this up in my head? Is this is this coming from spirit or am I hoping it's coming from spirit? So I hope that this show will will kind of clarify some of that for folks a little bit. Yeah, I hope so too. And something I think is really important to remember our team of invisible helpers, whether we're talking about your guides, your loved ones who have gone before you, your angels, your ancestors, they have discarded their third dimensional bodies. They don't have a voice box to talk to you. They don't have a body. They are spirit, energy, light. They do exist. They are alive and well, but in a different energy body and in a different dimension. So this can make communication tricky, if not impossible for most people. And because they can't just plop down next to us and have a good old-fashioned conversation with us, they have to use signs, symbols, memories, music, all sorts of different things we're going to be talking about today to communicate with us. Now, you might remember that game telephone operator. Someone would create a message like, hark the angels sing and whisper it to a nearby person. And as the message gets passed down the line, it often gets mangled and you end up hearing, Mark gave angel a ring. This is similar to how messages and signs can get mixed up, which is why it's best to rely on symbols, signs, memories, music, synchronicities when trying to communicate and listen to the other side. It's not easy to communicate with our people on the other side, right, Denise? No, it isn't. But I think that when you start to pay attention and you'll notice that synchronicities often become more consistent or more apparent or you you will feel this. Uh, there's a woman that I know and cardinals are so important to her in relation to her father and spirit. And it's to the point where if she's walking and is thinking about her dad, she'll get a cardinal. And I think that there's so much to consider with this that we want so desperately to make that connection but we're also that logical part of our mind is I, I hope I'm not deluding myself into thinking this is actually my person. Yes, which can get very, very tricky. But I think oftentimes it's accompanied by a feeling, don't you? 100%. Or something might happen soon after and you're like, oh, that's why I saw that, which is why it's so important to pay attention as you are going throughout your day, just to kind of take those moments throughout your day to to calm down, to slow down, to breathe, and to tune in. I think in order to communicate with your spirit guides and team of helpers on the other side, 
it is important to cultivate a spiritual practice, whatever that looks like to you, whether it's five minutes of meditating in the morning or the evening, whether it's sitting outside in your backyard after your long day of work and just taking some deep breaths and looking up at the sky, whether it's using a, a psychic tool to help you like your pendulum or oracle deck, whatever spiritual practice resonates with you, I think taking that time each day to do that is going to really build that bridge to the other side and communicating and understanding how they're communicating with you. Very, very well said. Now, spirits will often use signs to pass on information. So you could find a feather or a heart-shaped rock or seashell, for example. You might see a special number or a series of numbers that are significant to you. Denise and I have been asking for you all to send stories to us about messages and signs you've received from your guides on the other side. And boy, do we have excellent listeners because we have been getting some wonderful stories. Here's an example from a listener of seeing numbers that were significant to her. She says, my birthday is 9-11. And though that is an auspicious day, I've come to find this as a sign that my angels used to communicate with me. At the end of 2019, I lost everything and a very difficult divorce. I had to move myself and my two kids into a tiny one-bedroom apartment where I slept in the living room. I would visualize my life when I was out of this situation to cope day to day. Those two years were extremely hard. By 2021, I had gotten my feet under me and I was approved to buy a house. The problem was outside of New York City, there were bidding wars for every house and I got priced out of all the houses I saw. I decided to draw my visualization of the perfect house I was trying to manifest. Four days later, I saw there was an open house nearby. I decided to pop in on a whim on the way home from the playground with my son. When we pulled up to the house, I parked in back of a car and immediately noticed there was a 9-11 Remembrance bumper sticker on the car. I knew this was a sign. I was surprised at how the house looked so much nicer than the pictures and knew this was a house I would be making a bid on. My bid was accepted there was no bidding war. And today I am writing this from inside my home that I truly love. I look back at the picture I drew weeks later and realize this house was the one I had drawn. I'm so grateful to my guides for this amazing life I live with my boys. Wow. Isn't that amazing? It really is. And the whole asking you shall receive. And I was thinking about that earlier when we were discussing spirit showing up and how to recognize the signs is ask them and, and be open to where it shows up. Don't, don't put limitations on how this can manifest in your life. Yeah, That's exactly. A beautiful example. Incredible example. Yeah. I think it's a good example because she took the situation into her hands where she drew out the house she wanted to manifest and then kind of surrendered it and look at, you know, I decided to pop in on a whim. Isn't that when we tend to really communicate and connect with the synchronicity of the world around us when we just kind of follow those hunches and instincts? More often than not, it's the spontaneity. It's the impulsive choices. It's the deciding to take a left rather than a right. That's over and over and over. And I, I do in my heart believe we're being divinely guided when that happens. I do too. Do you want to share our next one about number sequences? Sure, I'd love to. I was at a place in my career where I was tired, injured from repetitive work, and just plain unhappy. I was late every day and it was becoming increasingly difficult 
to talk myself into going in at all. While driving into work one day, late as usual, I was chatting away with my guides for a sign on what my next move should be. The stretch of road I drove every morning was a six-lane highway. I was in the far right lane because my turn was coming up a few miles away and there was zero traffic this time of morning. I was going through the motions of driving and talking away, then a car pulled in front of me very slowly. I saw it in plenty of time, so there was no danger. It was just frustrating because I dislike being behind slow-for-no-reason drivers. No big deal. I just transitioned into the middle lane, only to get behind another slow driver that seemed to come out of nowhere. I'm in the habit of looking at license plates for angel numbers, so I instantly noticed the plates. The plates on the car in front of me had my initials and the last four digits of my phone number on them. Wow. If that wasn't mind-blowing enough, I checked the car that made me get over in the first place as the two cars were going the same slow pace and side by side. The car's tags were SAN0618. My grandma, who raised me, name was Sandra. My great-grandmother, her mom called her Sam. Sam, excuse me. And 0618 was the last four digits of my grandparents' phone number for 50 years. Oh, so much of this is in the category of you cannot make this shit up. <laughs> I ended up having surgery for my injury not too long after I received those signs, and I'm currently on long-term disability. Wow, so she got out of the job. <laughs> yes, but just how, and, and the the visceral message, the, the strong message of slow down, slow down and pay attention. And I yeah. think we're all getting that lately. Take a yes. breath, refocus, get grounded. And you and I were talking about this earlier, making the time to get the clarity to make some decisions. And then when that's validated from spirit, it's a beautiful combination. It is. And so this is a great way I think that spirit communicates with us is through number sequences. You might see 1111, for example, you might see 777, you might see a lot of fives. And we get a lot of emails from people asking us, you know, what does it mean that I'm seeing this, this or that? And yeah, there's a lot of websites and books you can look and, and read what those number sequences mean. And I think that's great. I always tell people, go with you and and what those numbers make you think of. I mean, like in this case, the last four digits of phone numbers, you know, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have computed that. So I love that she did. And it, like you said, you can't make that up. That's too, that's too crazy of a coincidence that both license plates were numbers that were connected to two phone numbers of hers. But I also think it's important to think about what do those numbers make you feel? What do they make you think of? Right? Like, when I see triple sevens, I, all I see are like those sevens with the cherries when you win mm -hmm. at like a slot machine. So right. to me, triple seven means winning or luck coming your way. Whereas someone who's more of a traditional numerologist would be like, oh, triple seven, time to get back to nature and go within, which, yeah, that makes sense too. But I think you have to, you have to always start with what do these numbers make me think of? Is this a phone number? Is this a special date that's important in my life? Does this make me think of, you know, lucky sevens? What is it? So always, always check with yourself first, rather than going to an outside source. And you're right, because that that's going to have more 
impact. I, I get the uh, three digits that were the address that I grew up in, in the house that my parents lived in for many, many, many years. For my whole life, they lived in that house. And whenever I see those numbers, I feel my mother, I feel her in my heart, or I know if I'm, you know, you're checking out the grocery store and those three numbers come up as you change, I feel like she's letting me know it's going to be okay, or I'm around, but you're, you're so spot on that when it's the difference you know, reading this, she knew that, that they were from the grandmother and the great grandmother and there were references. So if we're talking about a sign from some, a loved one in spirit, a lot of times number sequences or initials will have a direct correlation to that person. Yes. I think. I think I, I do too. I'm not sure of that. I do too. And sometimes you'll get a sign from your guides when you're angry, fed up and frustrated. And that's okay mm-hmm. too. I posted this like all over my Instagram and Facebook when it happened, but I'm going to repeat it quickly here. I was asking for a sign for a decision I was trying to make a couple of years ago. And I was getting nothing, no sign, not even like, sometimes I'll be like, you know, show me this for no and, and that for yes. I wasn't getting the no or the yes, I was getting nothing. And so I'm driving down the road and I'm saying to my guides all angry and impatient. I'm like, you know, guys, I don't ask for much and I'm not constantly asking you for signs and I'm not, you know, barraging you with knocks on, on heaven's door going, help me, help me, help me. This one time I asked for a sign and I get nothing. And, and I think it's BS and I'm not, I'm not happy. And this truck pulls out in front of me and the logo on the truck plastered all over is called a sign from above. <laughs> And I was like, was that so hard? (laughs) (laughs) And I did take a picture of the truck. Okay. Another way spirit communicates with us is through animals. You might see a rabbit to indicate a fertile, abundant time coming your way. Or you might see a heron to gently remind you to take time for inner balance and peace. Often spirit uses animals in really miraculous ways, like this story from a listener illustrates. She writes, my mother passed in 2020 while living in assisted living during the quarantine. She had dementia, and my stepfather did not tell her that her son, my older brother, had been battling cancer for the past two years. Fast forward a year, my dear brother is losing his battle with cancer, and I know the end is near. I help him set up hospice care because he wants to pass it home. He lives 3,000 miles away from me. He is a 66-year-old bachelor with no children or partner, so I know he will need someone with him in the end. I was really struggling with knowing when it was time to go. He's 17 years older than me. We were as close as we could be, but I really did not want to interject myself into his life before it was needed. I was counting on the hospice social worker to tell me when to go be with him. He also lived in a one-room apartment, and I knew that was going to be tough. I agonized over the decision of when to go to him. He was just not going to ask for help. Well, one day in November, it was cold here in Washington State. I was in my house puttering around, and I saw something out of the corner of my eye as I passed my family room. Now, I do not have a fireplace or a chimney. It was November, so no doors or windows have been open in my house. I walk into the family room, and on the floor where I have all my family photos, there is a black cap chickadee sitting on a shelf of photographs. The shelf had a photo of my mother and my brother, who was terminally ill. I knew that was a sign for my mother, the sign I had been waiting for. 
She always had a bird feeder and a bird bath outside her window and loved to watch the birds. I instantly knew I had to go be with my brother in Alaska. I packed my bag and left the next day. When I arrived, I found my brother in a diminished state. Yes, it was definitely time to be with him. He would never have told me how much he needed my help. As I came in, I bent over and said my greeting to him. He smiled and said, I can't believe you're here. Later that day, after cleaning and tidying his small space, I stepped outside to get a breath of fresh air. Mind you, it was 29 degrees below zero, but I still needed the air. As I looked out at a tree that was in front of me, I saw six black-capped chickadees eye-level with me. I know my mother was saying thank you for coming. Wow. That is miraculous. Love it. Animals are my favorite for signs because they're, it just fascinates me. It really does. And the more and more you pay attention, the more, but that is a beautiful, beautiful story. It really is. And it, it demonstrates how we really shouldn't, I don't even know if I want to say this, but we really shouldn't worry as much as we do. And I know that's, that's a, that's a throwaway sentence, you know, because mm-hmm. if you've got a brother who's terminally ill, of course you're going to worry and you're going to wonder, when do I, when do I drop everything that's going on in my world and, and go 3000 miles across the country to be with him? Of course, you're going to worry about that. So I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is there are some things we can let go of in terms of connecting with our guides. If we trust that th- everything works out in divine timing and we'll know when the time is right and our people on the other side will help us make these big decisions. I do think it can help alleviate some of the anxiety and pressure that comes with worrying. That's a very good point. It's an incredibly important point to consider. It's comforting to know that our our people are always with us, even though we can't see them and hear them and talk to them and touch them and hug them. They see what we're going through and they're always trying to reach out and help us make the best decisions. Right. And sometimes it's, uh, my father passed in December in New England and it was unseasonably warm. And I, I remember sharing this on a previous show, but it's one of my favorite memories of, of, you know, when you're having grief and you get something that's amazing. And we went down to where his boat was tied up and there was a swan sitting right in front of his boat. I had never in my life seen a swan in that harbor in, in, ever in December in December and I said something to the sibling that was with me who does not have the same mindset about this kind of stuff that I do and it was it was an interesting exchange but I know that was my father letting us know that he was okay oh that is beautiful yeah so it's just I mean because when you were reading I was thinking how did that chickadee get in the house wouldn't you have heard it moving? I mean, my logical brain was getting in the way, but then I know by the pictures and then to have the validation again. And then Alaska at 29 below. That's I want to, I know I want to, I want to talk to like a native Alaskan, you know, like our chickadees even can they survive in 29 degree below? I mean, that's just amazing. That's, that's what we call a miracle. And I I think that they do happen. And I, and I, I believe in miracles and I, I think it's the language of the universe and we have to be open to them. And the more open we are, the more they can occur. 
And it's just nice to know, like, for example, um, I apologize everyone for my voice. I had a bad cold last week, getting over it now. But um, this week, my my youngest daughter woke up vomiting and I just assumed, you know, she had, had gotten my cold. And I was going to just kind of like take the day and see how she did that day. And so um, I set her up in her little bed and, you know, brought her her little crackers and and some juice and was like, okay, we'll figure this out, taking her temperature. And she looks out the window and on the fence is a red cardinal and a bluebird. Now, longtime listeners might know a red cardinal is what I had set up as my sign for my mother-in-law, Maggie, her mm-hmm. uh, Chloe's grandmother. You know, I said, if when you get to heaven, you know, let us know you're okay by showing us a cardinal. So we see cardinals a lot. And when my, before my dad died, I had said to him when he was having like a really good lucid moment, let's set up a sign, dad, you know, that you can let me know you made it to heaven. And we picked the bluebird. And I remember when we moved him into the Alzheimer's unit, they had a pet bird um, in the living room of this, you know, living center. And it was a bluebird. So I thought that was really neat. Anyway, so Chloe's sitting on her little bed and she looks out at the fence and there's a cardinal and a bluebird sitting together. And I was like, wow. Yeah. So I I called the doctor because I thought, hmm, why is my dad and my mother like, why are they sitting here staring at my daughter with the flu? So I called the doctor. We got in luckily that afternoon and it turned out it was her appendix. So she had emergency surgery Monday night and I'm happy to report she's fine. I think I lost maybe five years of mom worrying, but she's fine (laughs) and recovering. And um, she mentioned that to me, you know, just yesterday. She was like, do you think that really was Nana and Papa? I said, yeah, I really do. And of course, then I said to her, I'm like, wait, we never asked Pop Pop for a sign. So her, so Nana's um, husband, you know, my former husband's dad who just passed, and the super staunch Catholic, lovely man. Like we never asked him for a sign. I don't know that he'd appear as a bird. And she goes, well, we'll just ask for a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> so if we see a cardinal, a bluebird, and like a golf ball on the on the grass below them, we'll know <laughs> something's coming. I'm glad she's she's doing so well and that you were able to get her in and it had such a positive uh, outcome. That's, yeah, that's I mean a it's scary a, time for a mom. It's a terrifying experience, but it was it was um I think when you have those moments and you do have that connection to the other side, like it's it was amazing how it just flowed. Like, oh, the cat scan just opened up, so we can actually see you earlier or then we were told you're an add-on for surgery. So it might be 9 p.m. It might be 2 a.m. We don't know. And then, oh, you know, this just opened up so you can go in this time. And my friend works at the hospital and she was like, oh my God, you got the best surgeon. Like he is literally the best one. And I was like, thank you. So, and everyone was so nice. So it it just worked out beautifully. And I, and I think that, I don't know. I just think it helps when you have your people on the other side and you're connecting with them and asking for that help and surrendering to that help. I I do think it it's good. I agree. Okay. What are some other signs that people can, can look to when they're trying to connect with their, their team on the other side? I think finding feathers is a big one. 
If you find certain feathers, it can mean different things. A black feather often means protection is around you. A white feather is often a hello from heaven or your angels. A blue feather can mean good luck, or it can also mean a connection to your divine, your higher self. Do you look at meanings of the colors of the feathers? I look at uh, often what type of bird the feather came from. And that makes I, sense. Yeah. So if I find a, a blue jay feather, and then just being aware, a lot of feathers, you it's illegal to possess them. So just be careful and know what the laws and ordinances are where you live. True. So I used to just pick up everything. And then I realized, oh, I'm not supposed to have this one, Denise. <laughs> I think also if you see those little flashing orbs of light, do you ever do that? Like if you're just kind Mm -hmm. of sitting and staring at the TV or the fireplace, or maybe you're reading and you look up, you might see a little blink of a, a flash of a light. That's often a sign that your guides or angels or loved ones are around you. I find that so comforting. Yes, it is. And it's spontaneous. It's not your eyes are tired or this or that. It's something that it's like a twinkle. It's nice. It really is. And it, yeah, it's very rarely solicited. It just kind of happens. Now, hearing your name called, especially in the morning, is another common sign from your guides. And this one, I don't know. I always find a little frustrating because it's I've I've done that. I've woken up to hearing my name called. It's not comforting to wake up that way. It, I, don't, I have like a very high startle reflex, so mm-hmm. maybe that's just me. But to wake up hearing Samantha, I'm not like, well, hello, guides. What's your message for me? I'm like, who the hell's in my house? And yet <laughs> this is really, really common. And we get a lot of questions on that. Do you do you want to talk about what that means? As far as hearing voices? Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> hearing your name called. Okay, yeah. I do, I do want to divert for just a second with the hearing voices. There's a study going on at Yale School of Medicine right now where they're looking for mediums and they want to do testing into they kind of got me with the when I got the email forwarded to me with are you interested in mental health and neuroscience? And I thought, "Oh, yes, I am." And I, they're doing a study on the way that uh, clairaudient mediums process and how can they turn it on, how can they turn it off to see if they can use that information to help people who are perhaps psychotic or having um, negative voices telling them to do bad things. So they're, they're using it, I think, which is the research sounds fascinating. But And then I started thinking That's- about it. Could it be applied to people that have Alzheimer's? Would they be who start to have, uh, you know, auditory hallucinations? So I think that there's some amazing, amazing work going on right now with research and the way a lot of us are just naturally wired. Uh, I just I find that absolutely fascinating and how important it is to give some credence to people who do hear their name called or do might or might hear auditory messages. We do so often kind of have this this trigger reflex of, oh, that's mental illness. But for true Claire audience people, there is there is a line there because the, the messages you might be hearing Claire audiently are going to be quick, they're going to be positive and uplifting, and they're going to make sense. 
Whereas when you're dealing with, like you said, a psychotic break, they're normally frightening, uh, ne incredibly negative and, and telling you to do bad things. So it's very, very different. And I think that puts a stigma over, over clairaudient people, don't you? I, d I do. And, but you, you made a very, very important point is it is startling. If you're asleep and you hear someone and it shakes you out of a sleep, it's your, I, my personal reaction is, ah, or if you're in a quiet room and you hear your name, it, I don't, and this is the way we're wired. We, we live in this world <laughs> all the time. So can you imagine if we weren't comfortable with receiving signs or being aware how much scarier it would even be? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different feedback commentary on, on why some people will hear their name called in the morning. Personally, I think the time between falling asleep and waking up that time, just, just as you're falling asleep at night and as you're waking up in the morning, that's a liminal space where you do have a foot in both worlds, you know, where you still are kind of over there and waking up to the physical. And so I think it's easier to have these intuitive psychic experiences during that liminal time or the hypnagogia state, if you want to get technical. I think sometimes for, for me, I can only speak from experience. The very few times I've woken up to hearing my name called, it's triggered me to wake up quickly, usually during my REM cycle. So I remember a dream. Oh. So again, and, and this is just my experience. I feel like sometimes the few times that's happened for me, it's so I'll remember a significant dream experience I just had. For other people, it could just be a sign that your guides are trying to connect with you. Right. And the clairaudience can come through with hearing a phone ring one time or hearing a, a snippet of music, or it's it's not always just necessarily a voice, but it is the clairaudience outside of yourself, not hearing it in your own mind. Which I Do think you know what else we've gotten a lot of emails on that I have not experienced, but I would love to? A lot of people have emailed us that... Um, Usually it happens when they're when they're meditating or daydreaming or just kind of in that la la state of mind, you know. They'll hear music, beautiful celestial music that is not anywhere around them in the physical realm. I think that's really cool. Yes. Yes, because it, and and if we think about it as frequency and vibration and music coming through as a sign, I mean, I think that that is incredible. I, I, this, all of this just fascinates the hell out of me. I have to be honest because how yeah. do they do it? My logical brain wants there to be a reason they do this. They check this box. They are able, we can't apply logic to this. I, I mean, I don't think you can apply logic to it either, but I have thought about it a lot. Like I get a lot of messages. Okay. That did not sound right. Let me rephrase that. I was about to say, I get a lot of messages through the radio, but what I mean is, <laughs> I will, <laughs> I'll ask for a sign and I'll, I'll put the radio on and oftentimes that will bring a message through to me. And I've wondered, how do they do that? How do they get me to turn on this radio station at this time? And I, and I always think like, well, maybe there's like a DJ at this radio station who is subconsciously or consciously intuitive and the guide was his guide or her guide was able to drop a message like play this song or program this song to play at this time. I don't know. Right. But it's gotta be a team effort. It does. And it it can be if you're 
trying to find an answer that you get the lyrics of us. You hear a song that you've heard for decades of your life, and then you hear it that one time, and all of a sudden the lyrics are so spot on with what your question is. I I yes. get that a lot with people that I'm doing readings with that that they'll come through with music, that they'll come through with certain songs, that they'll come through with a, a certain type of music. I mean, it which makes sense because it goes back to what you just said a minute ago of of people hearing that ethereal and that beautiful uplifting personal opinion music is is an uh one of the best healers we have sound therapy we could go into all of that but i love that i agree well you know when i do readings oftentimes if someone is asking me a question like is this a relationship for me or not if i hear you two's still haven't found what i'm looking for i know it's not looking good for that person right Mm -hmm. so a couple years ago a bunch of my friends set me up without telling me they were setting me up. You know, we were going to a party and this guy was there and I didn't know they were trying to set me up with this guy. So it was very obvious once I got there that they were doing that. And it was super uncomfortable because as he and I are talking, there's like eight people staring at me and nodding and giving me the thumbs up behind his back. Like how awkward is that? (laughs) Terrible. I know. So I got through and it was fine. He was very, very nice. You know, those guys who are like good on paper, you know, like Mm -hmm. check, 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 but I just wasn't feeling it. And I'm like, okay, just don't, don't, I'm walking to my car and I'm like, don't be like that, Samantha. Like just, you know, he asked for your number, give him a chance, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. And I get in my car. I didn't even know I had the radio on. I turned the car on and it's playing. You two still haven't found what I'm looking for. (laughs) And I was like, oh, not the person. And I trusted that. And I'm really glad that I did. And that's huge is trusting it and just accepting it and not trying to overanalyze or make it fit or it just, just let it come through. Yeah. Let it come through. Let it be what it is. And even if the answer is something like in that situation, I didn't really care either way. You know, I was just like, whatever. But sometimes you'll ask for a sign and you care very much that mm-hmm. the answer is a yes, but you get a no. That That is so hard. And that is a, that is a spiritual challenge for sure. But I do think it's important to trust that those no's are sometimes our greatest blessings, you know, because they're leaving us open to something so much better down the road that, that exactly. is more than you could dream of. And again, exactly. that comes back to trust. You may get flickering lights. You may get things turning on and off. You may get a feeling of being touched. You're, watch your pets. They're amazingly connected and will will look or growl or smile or wag or or whatever it might be when there's some a loved one that's close by or or energy close by. I hope they're not growling at your loved ones, but they may. Some some animals are that way. So <laughs> it's uh I think you may get scents or smells or, again, the the car license plates or the numbers. Some people even have a connection with uh, messages and pictures coming through with cloud formations. They'll look up and see something that will remind them of a loved one. So rainbows, there's just, there's no end to the way that we can have that connection with our loved ones in spirit. Our loved ones, our guides, our angels, you know, this might be, uh, psychological, I don't know. But often when I pray the rosary, I do smell roses. 
Mm-hmm. And I often think that's my mind making that up because you, you know, Mary's always associated with roses. And I remember with the first time it happened, this is so embarrassing, Denise. The first time it happened, I smelled the roses so strongly. I was like, I am not making this up. And and I called my kids into the room where I was saying the rosary. And I'm like, do you smell the roses? And one of my kids looks at me and she goes, mom, your, your rosaries are those rosewood beads. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, darn it. But I, I have a, have a rose quartz rosary now, and I swear I still smell the roses. So one of my, um, one of my daughter's teachers is dealing with a very difficult health diagnosis. And so a bunch of us decided to meet at this lovely church on the beach where there's this beautiful St. Mary statue outside overlooking the ocean. And we decided just to meet there um, a couple of Saturdays ago and say the rosary for her and her doctor's. And so we're outside, you know, this is early March, so it's still cold, wind's blowing, and we're saying the rosary for her. I smelled the roses again. Oh. Yeah. So I just, I do think there's something to that. I really do. Yeah. And we had some amazing stories come in from listeners with the ways that they've been getting signs from their loved ones and spirit guides and and, and angels and for me, they, that comes through differently. And I, I love that you asked your, your dad or, and your mother-in-law for specific things to look for when they pass. And you've mentioned that in a couple shows of set up a sign so that someone will be able to get in touch with you and let you know uh, what that I, is. And I think that's important. We're so uncomfortable talking about death in this, in this world. You know, we really, really are, especially at the end. It's like people tiptoe around it. And I'll tell you, I, I know I know my dad appreciated that he could talk to me about that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because they they do want to talk about it. They they know what's happening. And I think it's important to have someone in their life that they can be very real with. And I remember saying to him, like, here's what's gonna happen and and here's what you're going to experience. And here's what I need from you. I need, I need a postcard from heaven. I need to know you're okay. And let's come up with a sign. And he was like, okay, like what? What what would the sign be? And so I said, I think animals are the easiest for people to manipulate on the other side. I don't know if that's true, but it seems to be. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's pick an animal. And he said, how about a bluebird? Oh. And I said, okay. So I, I do think happiness. it's, yeah. But also if you don't do, and sometimes you won't have the chance to do that, right? Like let's say mm-hmm. someone passes unexpectedly, but if, if you do have the chance to do it, do it because otherwise you're going to see something and go, is that, is that them? Or is that my guide? Or is that just a butterfly who wants to hang out on my shoulder for five minutes? You know, you're not going to know. That's a really important point is that when you're in the throes of grief, there's a lot of things that are going to feel like a sign because you so desperately want that to be but as the grief start as i'm not going to say it subsides because it just changes as you acclimate to the grief in your life you'll start to see that consistency or you'll start to when the the cloud starts to lift a little bit and you start seeing the same things over and over or as you mentioned earlier samantha when you start to feel the person but i think it's really uh, remembering because my father passed unexpectedly and my mother was visiting me. I lived in a different state and she came out, you know, a while after and visited me. 
And she was so much wanted to get a sign from him that she was just saying, I think that's him. I think that's him. And I think many of us do that because we were in pain and we want that connection. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's okay. And we have to be gentle with ourselves during that time too. But I I think it's important to recognize that they want to communicate with us as much as we want to communicate with them. And it can take time for them. I mean, we didn't start seeing the bluebird from my dad until I want to say January, February. It's very recent. And he passed last May. So it can take them time to learn how to do this. They've got stuff to do over there as well. And so we have to be patient. It's not easy. It's just not easy. But if you can set up any sign with them beforehand, I think that's the way to go. When my friend George was dying of colon cancer, he was so honest and able and willing and ready to talk about it. He wrote letters to everyone. He wrote his obituary. I mean, he was definitely an old soul. And one of the things he said to his cousin, who was like a brother to him, he said, Okay, if there is a heaven and I go there, you know that broken light in the basement that nobody has been able to fix in 25 years in our in my house? He said, if if there's a heaven and I'm able to, I'm gonna fix that light. And you'll know I'm okay. <laughs> and so his cousin was like, Man, that's a tall order. Like they've, you know, the electrician was like, we'd have to rewire the bait, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sure enough, they get back from the funeral. George goes down. Well, his the cousin's name is also George, so it's confusing. The cousin goes downstairs to get some more um, wine and beer and stuff for the the wake. That light is on, and it has worked ever since. It's amazing. It wow. really is. Another one that you might experience is lots of synchronicity. Now, Carl Jung talked about this as meaningful coincidences, and this is where things will just line up and it's just perfect timing. And you're like, whoa, how did that happen? That's a sign, not only that you're on the right path, but that you're working effectively and well with your team. I think it's important to make note of those synchronicities in your life, to write them down, to talk about them, to validate them, and to kind of lean on them during those times of of no communication. Because there are times in your life where you're stressed, tired, overwhelmed, overworked, where you're going to feel as though your guides have left you. It it just happens and you just need to know that's normal, but it, it will come back. And if you have these, these stories that you can turn to and reflect on and chew on when you're having those moments of isolation and loneliness, it's going to help build that, that road back to connecting with the other side. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Another Beautiful. one is finding coins. Like, you know, they say pennies are from heaven. But you might find dimes, nickels, quarters, pennies out of nowhere. You might just walk out of your car and there it is. You might get into your car and suddenly there's a quarter on the floor and you're like, where'd that come from? These are often hellos from heaven too. Right. And check the dates because it often is significant for a birthday, an anniversary, a passing, a graduation, something significant with that person or, or for you. Yes, exactly. And again, we get questions. I only find dimes or I always find a dime and a nickel. What does that mean? You know, you can break it down and analyze it. And I love to do that. I I get it. A dime is 10 and a nickel is five and 15. You know, you can do that. But I also think it's important just to step back from it and go, okay, what was I thinking about before I found these coins? 
what does this coin mean to me? What does it mean to other people? What's the date on it? And then, but again, keep stepping back from it to get the bigger picture. Is this a message? Have I been worried about money? And is this a message that abundance is coming to me? Um, have I been asking how many guides are around me? And I find three coins. Does this mean that there are three guides predominantly working with me now? So just kind of take a step back from it rather than micro-focusing on the specifics. Do both, but but do do step back and try to examine it from different angles. Have you found that if you do are someone that gets coins, which I go through stages in my life where coins are a strong sign for me from spirit, I started saving them in this little jar. And then one day I looked over and was like, wow, they've come through that many times. And I wasn't even aware of it because, oh, this is this happened one day and then a week later and you just pick it up, you look at the date, you throw it in this little jar. And I think that that's another thing. If you're getting a sign consistently from someone or there's some, oh, I, I keep hearing from my mom or my cousin or my past spouse, and then it gets a little quiet, they haven't abandoned you. They haven't forgotten you. It'll come back again. That's a really, I like that idea of putting them in a jar so you can start to see how many you get. Mm-hmm. I like that. We have a we have a huge jug in uh, our one of our closets, and my kids put a sticker on it that says "travel money." Ooh. And so when we went to uh, Disney a couple of years ago, and the the travel. So every time we find coins, we just throw it in there. So it's it's not like spirit coins; it's spirit coins, mm-hmm. and then coins from change from coffee and whatnot. It's everything, and so it's all filled up. They are so excited. And we take it to the coin star place and we're like, and they're like, Ooh, they're thinking about all the stuff they're going to buy at Disney. It comes out. It's like $97. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, that'll buy you three ice creams at Disney. (laughs) (laughs) But I like that idea of having a separate jar. Yeah. I love that. Also, you might get calming, repetitive thoughts. And this often happens when you're going through a a period of profound stress or change and you, it might not even be a cohesive thought. Like you might not even be hearing words like all is well, you just might get this feeling over and over that everything's going to be okay. And the rational physical third dimensional you is probably going to want to push that away. Like, no, no, it's not going to be okay. I just lost my job. I have to move or I have this health crisis or I can't pay this bill. And you're thinking, no, it's not going to be okay. And yet every time you slow down for a minute, you keep getting this feeling like it's all going to work out. And then eventually, three, six months later, it all does work out. I think it's important to remember that so that the next time on this roller coaster of life, you hit another crisis or difficult time, you can remember if you do have that calming, repetitive thought, this is all going to be okay too. Yes. And and you mentioned it earlier, but I think it's worth repeating is there is no fear in any of this. There's nothing. They're mad at me. They're angry at me. These are coming through with love, with guidance, with support. It's always, always a good thing. Or even, or if you're similar to the woman that saw the the license plates, it was a sign. It really was, but it might've also been a sign to slow down. There's an accident up ahead. Yeah, you don't know. I'm, and right. when you follow those signs, eventually you will know. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if, if she, and some, well, actually I should say, maybe you won't know. I've had that before where no matter what lane I get into, slow, slow cars pop in front of me and then nothing happens. But I have often wondered, did that happen in that perfect sequence to slow us all down because something could have happened? Exactly. Right. Like it was preventing it, but we don't know. So there are times when, you know, you don't, you don't know, but that's where it comes back to, I think, trusting, trusting that, that you do have this team of invisible helpers who are with you and guiding you and watching out for you. And this is something that took me a really long time to learn. Even when bad shit really does happen and there's nothing you can say about it, like all is well, no, no, all is not well. It's just a bad time in your life. During those times, it's so important to hold on to your faith and your trust that this too is a part of your soul plan. And that's, man, I resisted that for about three decades. (laughs) You know, like, wait a minute, I'm a good person. I'm doing everything right. I pay my bills and my taxes on time and I'm really nice to people and bad stuff is not supposed to happen to me. And then it does happen. And you're like, what's going on? What is happening? And you feel like, you know, something is amiss. And yet, it can take months, it can take years, but in hindsight, you look back at that time and you think, wow, that really grew my soul. That made me so much stronger than I ever thought I could be. And I wouldn't trade that awful, terrible experience for anything in the world. That's when you know you've learned a really important spiritual lesson. But it also helps you have more empathy and compassion for other people. Yes, 100%. A hundred percent. Well, we hope this has given you guys some things to think about in terms of just your ordinary quote unquote day as you go about the normal workabout day and you're going to work and clocking in and coming home and doing laundry and paying bills and cooking dinner. Take a minute today, tonight, tomorrow, every day to just look up, look around you and pay attention to the invisible ways and yet the very loud ways that your guides, your team of helpers are really trying to connect and communicate with you. And we hope you tune in next week when we're going to share nothing but wonderful, miraculous stories that you guys have sent in of your signs from above. We love hearing from you guys. If you have a story where a a spirit guide, an angel, or a loved one in heaven has communicated with you, you can email it to us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. We hope you connect with us on our Facebook page, Enlightened Empaths. If you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review. It really helps people to find our show. And I just wanted to remind everyone also on April 20th, I'm teaching a one-night workshop on psychic tools where we're going to be focusing on pendulums and psychometry. So if you want to sign up for that, you can go to my website, samanthafay.com. And don't forget to check out Denise's wonderful website, thegratefulmessenger.com. As always, everyone, please remember to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.